The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Nadia Dela Cruz, founder of the Wayne Dyer Wisdom Community on Facebook and angeltarot.org. Now, we are here today to talk a little bit about miraculous healing. Now, as you can probably imagine, that's a rather large topic. It could go in a lot of different directions. But I want to take you on a little journey of the life of Dr. Wayne Dyer. He was someone who definitely believed in the power of healing. And there were some things that happened pretty early on in his life that planted those seeds. There's also some really miraculous stories of healing um, that happened to him and to people around him. So let's get started back in 1962. So after high school, Wayne Dyer goes into the U.S. Navy and he's stationed in Guam and he gets diagnosed with a polonidal cyst at the base of his spine. Apparently this was a pretty common affliction for uh, particularly young men sitting in these chairs all the time and... So he gets sent to the hospital three days before his scheduled surgery, and he is assigned to help with the post-surgical care for the other men coming in for the same thing. He's there to clean the wounds and change the bandages and set up sitz baths. You get the idea. But he says, I cringe at the sight of all these wounds and how much flesh has been cut away leaving permanent impairments to their bodies. I'm looking at what appears to me to be an assembly line of radical surgical procedures that will leave permanent damage if I go through with it. I make a decision right there on the spot that this is not for me. I'm not going to let these knife-happy young doctors go to work on my ass, quite literally. So he makes an appointment with the head nurse and he says yeah, uh, I'm not in pain anymore. I really don't need the surgery. Thanks anyway. Uh, They ask him to stay overnight to make sure that he's feeling better. And he's like, okay. In the morning, he says, yep, still all better. No problem. Of course, he refuses an examination because he wasn't actually healed at this point. He just saw what they did with the surgery and was like, the, yeah, I don't want to go through with that. There's got to be a better way. So they release him and he returns back to active duty. He said, the thought of being cut in such a drastic way motivated me to go to work on my very first self-healing adventure. So where did this idea come from? And it turns out he was reading a book by Maxwell Maltz called Psycho-Cybernetics. And there's a visualization technique recommended by 
Maxwell Maltz. And it's this premise that there's a mind-body connection that is the core of successful self-healing. So basically every night he's visualizing this cyst as being completely healed and gone. And after four days, it disappears and he's symptom-free. I mean, that's amazing really because the recommended uh, treatment for this condition was this radical surgery where they, where they cut out a large piece of flesh. And using visualization, he not only avoided surgery, but healed himself without needing any further medical care. So he says, this was my introduction to the power that the mind can play in healing all manner of medical diagnosis. Dr. Max Maltz's book became a Bible for me during that crisis. And this was really an integral part of him becoming a teacher of mind-body medicine. And he spent the better part of 50 years using these techniques of self-healing through visualization. He said, I encourage many people to change their self-concepts and begin to see themselves as the miraculous divine beings they truly are. That's the message that he would want to give to you right here, right now, today. That's the message that he would want you to receive is that you are a miraculous divine being capable of healing, worthy of healing, and that there are some ways to achieve that that you might not have thought of before, or maybe just didn't believe that it would work. But there really is something to that power of the mind-body connection. Now, he had another experience that helped him to put this into practice and really see, you know, what is possible for healing? So it actually goes all the way back to the spring of 1948 and Wayne's older brother, David, at nine years old, so Wayne must have been about eight at the time, his brother David almost drowned while they were swimming in the St. Clair River on the Canadian border in Ontario. His brother goes under and Wayne runs for help at the customs border, somehow like screaming at them and convincing them to come and help. That was really significant to him because he learned that he had a voice um, because he was able to get them to react when they might have just disregarded him. And he's like, come and help my brother. So they get in a boat and they go and they pull his brother out of the water and they push the water out of his lungs and they saved his life. I mean, it must have been a really close call. He'd already breathed in the water and that was quite an experience for both of them. And in a very real way, it left its mark on David. So after this, he would break out in severe hives anytime he would even think about getting in the water again you know, river, lake, swimming pool, didn't matter. Even when it would rain, he would get hives where the raindrops touched his skin. He was so traumatized by that, that, you know, even his cells were responding in a very real way. So he just never goes swimming. He refuses because he's so terrified that his body's even reacting to it. But you know, this was now after his experience with healing in the Navy, uh, about 30 years after this happened, in, uh, the drowning almost happened in the 1940s. Um, now it's the mid-70s, and Wayne decides to try and help his brother. 
So he takes him to a swimming pool, you know, tries to keep him really calm and leads him slowly into the water. See if we can do this. And there's actually a quote from Dave here that says, Wayne purposely had drawn my attention to him. Before I knew it, I had been in the water for half an hour. When I got out of the pool and dried off, I couldn't find a single hive on my body. For the first time in 27 years, I didn't experience a breakout of hives when I went swimming. So he goes back in again, and he has the same results. Never to break out in hives again. So you can see clearly that what he was experiencing in a very physical way was coming from a mental and emotional place. And that if you shift your perspective and you try something different, you just might be able to overcome something that you thought you were going to have to live with the rest of your life. A quote from Wayne about this says, Little did I know at the time that my brother's near drowning and his body's extreme reaction would be an opportunity for me to put into practice what I intuitively knew as the mind-body connection and its incredible, amazing capacity for healing. At the time of my visit with Dave, I was just at the beginning of my exploration into the power of the mind and its ability to perform healing miracles. So I think that's a great example of not just healing himself, but helping uh, his own family member to overcome um, an issue that they were having. And this actually continues on later in life. Wayne's youngest daughter, Sage, when she was about five years old, she got these bumps on her face and they'd been there for a long time. And sometimes it would get worse, particularly if she was out in the sun. And she'd been dealing with this for about a year. She's now six years old and they're vacationing in Hawaii. And the bumps are spreading under her nose. They're going up close to her eye. And obviously everyone's getting a little concerned. So Sage's parents, Wayne and Marcy, take her to a dermatologist and they say, you know, they diagnose it as flat warts and they say, well, we can burn them off or we could try giving you some medicine, but it would make you sensitive to the sun and you might get sunburn, blah, blah, blah. And she didn't want to do that, you know. And so Wayne, believing in the power of our mind to heal our bodies, suggested that she try talking to her bumps. And she decides to take his crazy suggestion. It certainly sounded better than them burning her face. So every night for a week, she talked to her bumps, asking them to leave. And after seven days, her face was clear. I mean, that's amazing. This is something that she had for a year and they didn't know how to get rid of. And, you know, the the treatment for it, again, was a little bit extreme and Wayne tells this story where his daughter, Sage, was actually underneath a blanket with a flashlight, and she's talking to herself in her head, so they couldn't hear anything, but he's like, honey, honey, talking to his wife, like, come look at this, and they knew she was doing something, and that's what she was doing. She was talking to, talking to her bumps, and actually, she kept what she said a secret for about 10 years. So her dad is like, well, you know, what did you tell the bumps? And she's like, I'm not going to tell you. Eventually, she reveals that 
Um, When she talked to her bumps, she said that she loved them, but they can't be together anymore. She pictured them falling off, and she had no doubt in her young mind that this would be the case. She had complete faith that if she did this, if she talked to them, and she imagined herself being healed, that it would happen. And I wonder what would happen if we all had that same kind of faith. You know, if we didn't give our power away and say, only a doctor can heal me, but what if I can heal myself? What if I know that I can heal myself? And then maybe nothing is impossible. So Sage traveled with him sometimes and spoke at a few of his lectures telling this story and people really loved it. So they actually ended up co-writing a children's book together called Goodbye Bumps. Uh, an introduction to facing and overcoming illness in a new way. And in that book, it says, "Uh, That night I crawled under my covers with a flashlight and had a little chat with my bumps. I said, I don't know why you're here, but I would really like you to leave. I'm letting you go. Goodbye, bumps. And Wayne said, If we could all have the faith of a child and truly believe that our bumps will go away if we just ask, it really can happen, and it has. I love that story. It's so cute to imagine his little daughter at that age. You know, my kids are about that age now, and and they're just adorable. And, like, I don't want to squash their belief in magic, you know. Um, Wayne taught me that we have no limits, And that if you can imagine it, you can bring it into your life. And I really think that children come into this world knowing that. And then we kind of, um, you know, teach them out of it. So I would love to preserve that in my own kids and not squash their belief in magic. But boy, we can all learn something from that. So my next story is really my favorite story of healing from Wayne Dyer. And this happened in October of 2000. He takes a small group to travel to some um, sacred sites in Assisi in Italy. This is the birthplace of St. Francis who lived back in, I think, the 1300s. And St. Francis was... um, you know, someone that Wayne Dyer really loved, was really inspired by the work that he did and the prayer of St. Francis. And so they're here with a group and they're visiting the home of St. Clair in San Damiano. They're ascending this long spiral staircase and behind Wayne is a young man named John who has muscular dystrophy and he's wearing braces on his legs. And as the staircase narrowed, he got stuck. So because of the braces, when they would go up the stairs, he had to lift his legs sideways and then up to the next step. But because it got so narrow, he couldn't do that anymore. And he couldn't go backwards because there's a long line of people behind him. And in this moment of bizarre inspiration, Wayne tells John to put his arms around his neck and get on his back. Now, the most alarming thing about this story is that Only weeks before, Dr. Dyer had been carried off of the tennis court, he was an avid tennis player, and told that he would need a knee replacement. He'd he'd had a a problem with his knee for a while from years of running and playing tennis, and, 
you know, was really giving him some trouble. And so to carry a man up the stairs, maybe not the best idea. But he says he just kind of did it without thinking. And he takes three or four steps um, with John on his back, cradling his arms over his shoulders. And he says, I suddenly feel my knee growing weaker and weaker. I am about to collapse with the weight of John and his braces on my body. I panic. There's a single long line of people behind me. I start to go down with John on top of me. And suddenly I see an apparition of Francesco. That's St. Saint Francis. And when he tells the story, you know, he told us that he imagined like news headlines the next day of people injured in a freak accident on the stairs, you know, hundreds tumbled down. So he sees this apparition of Francesco who looks directly at him and says nothing. He holds out both of his hands and motions them upward, signaling for me to stand up. I right myself and suddenly I am exploding with high energy. I start to walk up with John on my back and then I move into a trot on the stone circular stairway. I begin to run with unabated energy. My knee feels as if it's never been stronger. It's unbelievable. He was collapsing. He was going down with this man on top of him in uh, in an area that it was really going to be bad to fall down. And this hero of his appears to him, you know, and signals to him to stand up. You know, not only did he have this burst of energy, not only did his knee feel better for that moment, but he was healed for the rest of his life. He continued doing yoga, going swimming, and taking long walks pretty much every day. And he said, that moment occurred when I put my ego aside, spontaneously offering assistance to a frail man in need without thoughts of any problems this might present for me. Miracles happen when we think and act like God does. So when he gets to the top, you know, he was just feeling amazing and very humbled by this experience. And they're on top of the building and he goes over the the side looking out and somebody snapped a picture of him in this position of prayer, giving thanks to St. Francis. And that picture is the cover of his next book, There's a Spiritual Solution to Every Problem, which was partially written during that trip. Um, that's a really special image, especially knowing what St. Francis meant to Wayne Dyer and what an amazing story of healing. So he never did end up needing surgery on that knee. How about that? Probably the most well-known ailment or disease that Wayne Dyer faced was when he was diagnosed with leukemia. Uh, his diagnosis came in about 2009. I'm not sure exactly when he told everybody else about it, but, you know, he was someone who pretty much never got sick and he really believed in, um, you know, not focusing on illness and believing in the power of your body. And he didn't go to doctors too often because he didn't want to get caught up in I don't know, um, you know, the cycle of testing and what do these numbers mean? What are my chances? And that can actually be really frightening and, and depressing, really. And just because something is a statistic doesn't mean that's going to what doesn't mean that's going to be what happens to you. 
So I think in the beginning of his diagnosis, he was going through all those testing and hearing all of that and everybody's bringing him stories about, you know, here's how likely you are to die and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, that was tough. And then, and then at some point I think he stopped and went, you know, this isn't me. This isn't how I like to handle illness in my life. And I'm just going to treat this how I treated everything else. And I'm going to look for ways of healing. So in 2011, he has a friend who encourages him to go see John of God in Brazil. He agrees and he plans the trip, but ends up canceling it at the last minute because he had writing deadlines he was working on. But this woman believed so strongly that this healing was really important for him. So she arranges a distance healing. And Wayne is told to, you know, submit some photos, take some herbs, and dress all in white on the night of this scheduled remote surgery. John of God is said to be a medium that uses entities to perform healing. And after that, he was supposed to spend the next 24 hours in bed as though he'd had an actual surgery. But in the morning, you know, he doesn't remember anything unusual and really he feels fine. So he decides he's going to go on his usual 90-minute walk, but he doesn't get more than 500 feet outside of his door before he collapses. Collapses so badly that two of his children had to help him back inside. For the next week, he feels tired and very weak, experiencing flu-like symptoms. He's barely able to eat except for some soup, and he just feels like this big purging is happening in his body. And then a week later, seven days after the remote surgery, he's scheduled for what they call suture removal. Now this was for blood cancer, so there wouldn't really be an incision, but this is symbolic, so go with me. <laughs> and he has the same process where, you know, take the herbs and wear the white clothes. But this time, when he wakes up in the morning, he feels fantastic. He's overwhelmed by this feeling of love for his son and his daughter. Um, Sands and Serena tell him that he has no pupils and his left eye appears to be scratched. And what he said was strangest of all is he had this brand new wristwatch that just stopped functioning. Now, Wayne Dyer had a fair bit of money. And I imagine it was probably a pretty nice watch that you wouldn't expect to just stop working. So something unusual had happened. He says, I feel like I am pure love. My plants are pure love. The ocean is calling me to come swim in this liquid love potion. My children look like angels to me. I feel strong, hungry, and totally blissed out. I have no idea what took place in my bedroom last night. All I know for certain is that the world and everyone in it feels very different from anything I have ever experienced before. So this was a lasting experience for him. And it's not something that he had an explanation for, but he really felt that he was healed. And in fact, he stopped describing himself as having leukemia. And when people would ask how he's doing, he'd say, you know, I am well, I'm in perfect health. That was his affirmation. And that affirmation he tried to share with all of us. I am well, I am in perfect health, or I am perfect health, sometimes he would say. And 
About 20 days afterwards, he hears this inner voice that says to him, do not go for a walk today. You can now do yoga. And he was visibly shocked because he had avoided his hot yoga practice under the advice of several, several medical experts for almost a year. So he has this inspiration. It's time to go back to yoga. And he immediately gets up and drives to the yoga studio. Wow. Like if we all had that kind of faith, right? You hear a message and you act on it. He goes to the yoga studio and he completes the whole 90 minute session doing both sets on each and every asana. Now, if you've ever been to a Bikram yoga class, you'll know they can be pretty intense. And so for him to have the strength to do this again was really phenomenal. And yoga was something that he didn't come to until he was in his 60s. He used to be a runner and an avid tennis player. You know, everything that he said was kind of, you know, hard and fast and and yoga was soft and slow and um, he had a real passion for it. It was part of his spiritual practice. So having to set that aside for so long, not knowing if he could ever do it again, this must have really been um, felt like a clear blessing in his life that he could go back to yoga. He said, I can see clearly now that my experience with John of God and the miraculous results that followed these strange happenings were all a function of my shifting to a more God-realized place in my life. I have divine assistance, which I believe is true for everyone. By removing fear, I've allowed divine love to fill my inner awareness. And this love, which I have felt so personally and so powerfully since that day in April when I experienced the full impact of the remote surgery, has been my healing. So he never had any more testing done preferring to trust in the perfect health of his own body and not relying on tests and figures. So it really wasn't until he died of a heart attack years later and they had an autopsy done. And that autopsy showed no sign of leukemia in his body. I'm going to say that again. There was no sign of leukemia in his body when he passed away. That was the proof. He hadn't had any testing done. He didn't feel like he needed to. He wasn't going to go down that road anymore. He was just going to act from this place of knowing that he was in perfect health. And yes, he died of a heart attack, but we all have to go someday. I do not see death as a failing. It is a natural part of life. You know, we don't know by what mystery we come here and we don't know by what mystery we leave, but in a perfect universe, there can be no accidents. And the way that he died at home in his own bed on the anniversary of the most significant day of his life, the day that he forgave his father at the gravesite, is no coincidence. You know, I... I know that he could have kept going. I know that he had more stories to tell. I know that he loved going and speaking to audiences and, and we loved receiving that from him and sharing in that with him. But on another level, maybe he did what he came here to do. He wanted to pass that message on to us. He didn't want to carry the torch for us. He wanted us to carry the torch for ourselves. So if there's one thing that I can tell you today is that healing is possible. Expect 
miracles. Be open to anything. You never know what's going to come your way. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow. But I can tell you without a doubt that our spirit and our mind and our emotions and our body are all one. It's all linked. It all works together. Now, I can't really leave this story of John of God, his healing with John of God, without acknowledging the the unbelievable convictions um, that this man had abused women. And I won't go into the details for that here, but I think it poses a really interesting question. Was it John of God that healed Wayne Dyer? Was it Wayne's belief in the power of the healing that did it? Was it him opening to divine forces to heal his body in a really intentional way? I don't think we're ever going to know exactly where this healing came from or where any healing came from for that matter. But I still absolutely believe, I know that Wayne Dyer was healed. And so I don't want any news story about John of God to take that away because he really was healed. And, you know, the medium wasn't the point. The point was that healing was possible. So I would like to sum up our conversation today with a little information from a book that he published in 1992 called Real Magic. And in this book, he has a whole chapter on healing that's called Real Magic and Your Physical Health. He includes seven steps to manifesting real magic in your physical being, and I'm just going to read the headlines of this for you. Recognize that there is an invisible life force within you. Know that your thoughts originate with you. Rid yourself of the belief that you are not in control of your body. Realize that there are no limits. Know that your life has purpose. Overcome weakness by leaving it behind. Examine what you believe to be impossible and then change your beliefs. And finally, go beyond logic. Now you are invited to check out that book, Real Magic, and the chapter on real magic and your physical health to learn more about what he's talking about there. I think he talks about healing in many of his books, and this was maybe one of the earlier ones that he did. Um, This was in the beginning of his journey about teaching spirituality. Not the first book he did, but the early 90s was really when we started hearing him talk about spirituality in, in all of his talks. And he says, the message I wish to impart is that you are capable of picturing the highest state of physical health for yourself within the confines of your mind. And it is these pictures, these mental movies that are the very stuff of which miracles are made. You know, I really believe that it's the power of the imagination that brings everything to life. Everything that is here was once imagined. And I would take it a step further that if you can imagine it, 
and you're in alignment with in alignment with it, then you can manifest it. That includes healing, that includes radically changing your life, that includes meeting a romantic partner or friends or business partners or people that that are going to impact you in a positive way. You know, any desire that you have for healing and wholeness and love, it comes from a holy place. You are a divine spiritual being having a human experience. In the New Testament, it says, with God, all things are possible. That leaves nothing out, including healing and incurable disease. You know, even Jesus said, even the least among you can do all that I have done and even greater things. And if you've studied A Course in Miracles, um, that book describes a miracle as a change in perception and tells us that there is no order of difficulty in miracles. You know, there's an old quote from Wayne that went around that said, I am realistic, I expect miracles. And I think that's so important. It's part of having a mind that is open to anything. If you can conceive it, you can bring it into your reality. You know, what did you come here for? I don't think you came here to suffer. And I think that you have incredible influence over your own life. Not just your experience of life, but what is actually happening in your life and the direction of where you are going. You are a piece of everything. Nothing is impossible for you. If you're suffering right now, if you're hurting, if you're grieving, if you have an emotional wound, if you have a physical wound, if you have an illness, if you have a cancer diagnosis, if you have a chronic disease, it doesn't mean it's a death sentence for you. We don't know what's going to happen. And I don't think we're in control of everything because there's a lot of things that are going on in the world of the unseen. You know, we are part of a much larger drama and there's something bigger moving the pieces around. Maybe you came here for a short time. Maybe you're going to live to be 120. I don't know. And you don't know. And that's part of what makes this so exciting. But I do think that suffering is a choice. We're human beings. As human beings, we're always going to experience some form of pain. That's part of it. That's part of the full human experience. But... I think maybe suffering is a choice. That even when you're feeling bad, you can still experience love. You can still experience joy. And it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to take a long time. You can have a sudden awakening. You can have sudden grace, instant healing. There's so many stories of angels coming into people's life saving them from horrible accidents, keeping them alive, stopping them from committing suicide. You know, how do we explain that? We're not alone here. And I believe that you have forces conspiring on your behalf. Sometimes all you have to do is believe. Open yourself to receiving the healing that you desire today. 
Wayne says the stories of people who have been able to manifest physical healing miracles are legion. The key is knowing when you are told that you have some kind of physical affliction, you can either prepare to suffer or prepare to heal. So ask yourself, what do I have to learn from this disease or this lack of health? What is the lesson here for me? Then send out love and harmony. Put your mind and body in a peaceful place and then allow the universe to work in the perfect way that it knows how to. That chapter in the book, Real Magic, um, there's a lot of great information there. I'm going to pull some basic ideas to leave you with here today on tips for manifesting healing miracles. Practice affirmations. Trust in the invisible intelligence that flows through you. Affirm that your intention creates your reality. Experience Satori. Instant awakening is available and it doesn't have to take a long time. Behave as if you were already healed. Keep your attention on what you do want. Call back your own power and take responsibility for your own health and healing. Meditate daily. Within you, there is a stillness and a sanctuary to which you can retreat anytime. This is your inner Tahiti. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. You have no limits. Call in the miracle that you need today. Thank you for joining me. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell your friends about it. Follow and subscribe. And until next time, namaste. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.